0: Welcome Welcome to the the Matt Matt Largent Concert. concert. Because if you're going to screw it up, screw it up with style. You've got to serve and serve first, and then you have to make that conscious decision. Oh, if you have any problems, dial information. Thank you for calling. Hey, and welcome back. Wow, I've got so many things to go through today. Today, we are going to continue on servant leadership. We're getting into the 12 characteristics. We talked about them last time. We went through kind of an overview, and each episode as we go forward is going to contain each step, each of the characteristics. And we talked about last time that there are 12 characteristics and that uh, some of them are more specific to the servant aspect, some of them are specific to the leadership aspect, and some of them are where they tie together and become greater than the overall good. Um, And so today we're going to focus on a servant aspect of listening. Uh, Many of you guys have listened to an episode that we had uh, in season one, and I think it was uh, uh, what's wrong with listening, um, or what's the problem with listening? I, I named it at the time, and then I moved on. So, um, but it it really kind of went through some different stats, uh, some different discussions on listening, um, and really kind of talked about uh, listening skills because I do feel like it is a perishable skill, uh, but. There's so much to it, so many things that we want to unpack that I want to talk about today that so so we've got that going on. I do have some listener questions and feedback that I want to go through uh and even some discussion on the differences that people have just as because we're all different people. Um so so we've got several topics that we want to unpack today and I want to make sure we have plenty of time to go into listening. Uh so I'm gonna go ahead and jump us off uh by a little interesting thing that I learned uh and it is gonna be my rant today and just want to get go. it we you go. know Here we, we need to get get my rant going uh and get it pumped up get everybody fired up for some rant time we're, we're going to get into some ranting, and one of the things that I realized recently was that uh, no matter the upbringing or how similar or how, um, you know, we know that people with different backgrounds, different histories, different uh, upbringings, you know, as leaders, we're not in the business of reparenting. They have mentors and role models that have grown them that have created their moral character and their ideals. Uh, But uh, I'm going to tell you, even when people are parented similarly, or by the same parents, they can be vastly different. And if you have uh, more than one kid, you you realize this because you're like, kid one, you're like, this one is like this. And then kid two is totally different. Well, I have five and they are vastly vastly different. And so my son was uh my is my firstborn and so he is very very different in that, you know, as 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 a man I tried to raise him as a man. And so very 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 stickler with him, um very demanding, uh very you know, driven with him um to to do those things. And then my daughters, you know, I did very um, that I wanted them to be, you know, have grace and, and strength and, uh, to be powerful, impactful women in the world. Um, but I also wanted them to let them be their own people. Uh, but one of the things that really highlighted the differences is that I've, I've raised four daughters, uh, ranging from the age of, you know, 26, all the way down to 13 now, uh 14 now, excuse me, 14 now. And so they're all of the age where they can, you know, they're they either date or they have a particular boy that they like or they're married or whatever the case may be. Um and so it was funny because I met my eighteen year old's uh boyfriend yesterday and this morning, you know, my eighteen year old, even though she was raised in that in a similar, you know, in a household, same parental figures, uh, you know, same dad, same rules, same, you know, structures that I had for pretty much all of my kids. Um, you know, I had to explain to her there, there are three rules to dad liking your boyfriend. Um, and so, I found it humorous because I was talking to my older daughter afterwards, uh, and she said, I didn't know there were three rules. Well, I never really had to tell my oldest daughter that there were three rules. The husband she chose met all three of them, and I was happy. Um, And she said, well, what would you have done if he didn't? I said, I I, I definitely would not have uh, been as embracing of that marriage and that relationship as I could have or should have been, but... Um, you know, these three rules are something that's very important to me, uh, for my daughters and for their future. And, and, you know, and so now my 18 year old can name the rules. My 26 year old knows the rules and my 23 year old probably doesn't have a clue that I have rules. Um, neither does my 14 year old. And and it's just that they're different people. And, And we grow people in different ways, understanding that while we are the same, They are different because they have different outside experiences that shape and define the experiences they have with you. And I think that as leaders, uh, parents, leaders, uh, future leaders, whatever the case may be, we have to understand that. Uh, Each of our children, each of our people that are learning and growing are having different life experiences that are causing us to react differently. And even though we're the same person and we need to live by the same morals and principles, we're impacting them differently because they have different outside experiences that define their lives. Um, And that was an interesting thing for me to kind of reengage and and get a a new process on today. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I'm going to get to uh, a listener comment and a listener question at the end of the show today, Uh, but I do want to just kind of, I wanted to share that with you guys Uh, and and I know that I'm going to have a lot of people that are like, what are the three rules? Um, Yeah, I'll get to that at the end of the show as well. So you're going to have to pay attention to listening first if you want to hear the three rules. And so as we kind of went into servant leadership, uh, the last two episodes, we talked about uh, at the end of last season, we talked about the history and and some of the, the greatest, most documented uh, historical leaders of servant leadership. Um, we talked about. Uh, the definition, we talked about the 12 characteristics and what they mean. Now we're going to get into those characteristics and really unpack those. And the first characteristic of, of servant leadership, the first characteristic on that servant side of leadership is going to be listening. And there are several key pieces of listening that you've really got to get into. And, And one, remember, just like we talked about in episode one, it isn't, um, It isn't about the position or the authority that you get. It isn't about, oh, well, I've, you know, I've been here the longest I deserve this promotion. It's about, is it right? And have you accepted the responsibility and the requirements of being a good servant leader? If you're looking for just to be the authority or the power or the paycheck, then you're not going to be a servant leader. No matter what you do, it's just not going to be servant leadership. And so you've got to be an active and aggressive listener. And those are two terms I love to say active and aggressive listener, because it's, it's a passive, It's, it's not a passive skill. As we talked about and what's wrong with listening in last season, we talked about the fact that if you, if you're, uh, I am a great listener. People love to share information with me. People tell me all their things. Well, if people are just wanting to talk to you because you're great at listening, you're not listening. You're a great sounding board. You know, you are me sitting in my really amazing little um, recording studio that my family created for me. It's got knickknacks and that's amazing. That's wonderful. But I'm yelling at a microphone. Okay. You're you're the microphone. If you think that that's what listening is, if you think just because people want to come and talk to you that you you're open for them to come and talk to, you. they're comfortable coming to talk to you. There's one of two things happening. One, either you are uh, qualifying, quantifying, and, and empowering their decisions, uh, regardless of if they're good or bad decisions you're you're qualifying quantifying or empowering their decisions you know hey uh, i i'm gonna just you know quit everything i'm quitting school i'm quitting working i'm just going to go be a monk yeah i think you'd be amazing monk i think it'd be super wonderful and i think your your success would be great and you'll have a wonderful life You're not being a friend. You're not being a good active listener. You're just being, you're being Facebook. You're being social media. You're giving him a thumbs up and telling him that you agree with them. You know, when you, when you see those people on, on Facebook that you're like this, this person is always so drama. So this is somebody who only has, uh, people that are agreeing with them. They're not listening. They're just agreeing with them listening takes a lot more. It is not a passive skill. You have to be actively and aggressively listening. And there are several pieces to it. Uh, When we're talking about listening and being active, you have to use active listening skills. And there's several pieces to active listening skills. Um, One of the greats that I love, a guy by the name of Chris Voss, and he has, if you're on, like, if you use Masterclass, he's got a thing there. He's got some books you can download the audio books of. Uh, but Chris Voss is a master negotiator. And so he's negotiated for federal and international groups. And he talks about several different ways, uh, that you can, you can, show your listening skills and that you can be an active listener. And so highly recommend that if you want to continue to engage, find things like this. And it's, it's about negotiations. And so you wouldn't think, well, negotiations are about listening. No, you would think it's about getting the upper hand and, and all of these things. And yes, there's some to that, but it also requires a lot of, a lot of active listening skills. And so you've got to find these things that correlate to each other and tie them together. Active listening skills, there are several different key things that you can do. One of them is reflecting. Um, you're, you're, you're reflecting the basic feelings that the person that you're listening to. Um, you, it, it gives them the opportunity for them to show or see that you understand how they feel. Um, you know, you seem like you're very upset. Uh, you seem angry by this, this, this seems to be very frustrating. You're reflecting, you're mirroring back those, those feelings that they have so that you can show them that I understand how you feel. Now it's not, man, that sucks. That's not reflecting. Now you're sympathizing. You're getting in that boat with them instead of empathizing. Reflecting is just to show that you have an understanding of how they feel. It's empathy. It's connecting with them on that level. So reflecting is a great way to connect with them on that emotional level. Active skills also include encouraging, encouraging them to continue to talk. You're not agreeing. You're not disagreeing. Uh, you're, you you want to use neutral wording um you want to use your you want to use your tone and inflection uh, but you want to convey interest and you want to encourage them to keep talking tell me more about that um you know w- tell me what happened then you want to Add those good tone of inflection to show listening skills. Uh, you want to convey that you're interested in hearing more of the story. You're engaging them to keep going. Now, this is one that I think is an underused, and, and this is why. Because when somebody is, and people will talk about themselves. They love to talk. Uh, you know, you've got example number one. I started off the episode talking about myself. Uh, or my daughters, but you know how I affected my daughters, uh, people love to talk about themselves and nine times out of 10, when we get into a conversation with somebody and we're, we're trying to, you know, be that good listener, um, our mind starts going someplace else or we Oh my gosh. This person can talk. And you start getting, and so you quit encouraging and trying to wrap it up. Yeah, that sounds like it was really tough. I really, man, that, that sucks. Uh, You just start kind of shutting it down with agreeing with them. Don't agree or disagree. Remember, we want to hear the full story. And we'll get to that in, in the next piece. Um, you want to hear the whole story. So, encourage them to talk. So, we may reflect if they're talking about how they're feeling, or if they start telling a story, we want to encourage them to tell us more. Or maybe they're not, uh, they're a little slow to be drawn out. Some people are very shy. Uh, they like to keep that information a little more internal. Uh, and so we want to be able to encourage them to continue to share. They want, there's another way that we can be active listeners is we can summarize. Um, and the purpose, what we want to do with summarizing is we want to – review where we are. Let's talk about what we've, what I've heard so far, what we've gotten together so far. We want to use some important ideas and facts. Uh, we want to just kind of reestablish the, the major ideas, including their feelings that they, that they've expressed. Um, so what I've heard so far is, uh, or what it seems to be that you're saying is, or the key things that you've, uh, been expressing here today are, And so we're just kind of going back because, again, active listening means that we need we need to go back and make sure that we have a good understanding of what they were saying to us. We need to make sure that we have a good conversation. And so we want to go back and make sure that we've heard the things that they're talking about. So we may summarize two or three times throughout the conversation um, and then we can turn around and encourage for that further conversation to understand more, uh, clarifying clarifying is another skill, active listening skill, uh, and this is again we want to clarify the things that are that we're talking about. We want to elicit some more information. Uh, we also want to use this as an opportunity to help people see another point of view. Um, you may, this is a time when you want to ask questions. You want to uh, maybe restate some, some wrong interpretations? Or, and what I mean by that is you may say, um, you, you told him this and, and he got mad. And they may be, no, it wasn't that I told him that. It was that, and, and I, It may be that I knew exactly what they were saying, or I knew that it wasn't about them telling them. However, when they brought it into the conversation, they're, they're muddying their own waters. And so I need to clarify those. Um, One of my favorites is asking questions, restating what they're saying to you in a question form. And I got to tell you, I have a lot of leaders that absolutely freaking hate it when I do that, but it really gives us clarity in what we're discussing. Uh, I have leaders that will come to me and say, Matt, you know, I, I, I'm super pumped. I'm, I'm ready to attack the challenges in front of me. Uh, however, I just need to know that if I don't, I can X, Y, Z. And so my question to them is, is so what you're saying is is that you, you're worried that you're not going to make it How are you super confident that you're going to make it if the first thing is you're worried about what's going to happen if you don't? If you're super confident that you're going to make it in something, then it's not a question that you're not going to. It's not even a discussion point. And if it happens, then you have to establish the reason why. But taking the statements that they say, Especially if they're, if you're listening to them and it sounds like they're using countering statements, then clarify by asking those questions, uh, or even restating a, a question, asking a question that you know that is wrong, that it doesn't really. This isn't really what they were saying. I know exactly what the point is, is what these leaders are trying to say to me, but at the same time. I've got to point out to them and clarify to them, I'm listening to you, but here's what I'm hearing. Uh, And it has, it really makes them relook at what are they trying to stay? Uh, Another skill that you can use for active listening skills is is just restating. Uh, Restating, it's what I call regurgitating. Okay. I love this. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to say, Hey, so what you're saying is, is that you would prefer if your friends were a little more honest and direct with you, right? It's showing them again that I'm listening. I understand what's being said, but I'm also giving them some alternative points of view. I'm reviewing and restating some basic ideas, some basic things that we've been talking about, but I'm also giving them a different alternative idea by showing some other points of view. So what you're saying is, is that you want your friends to be more honest and direct with you. However, you're also saying that you can understand that they have a challenge doing that because you don't take constructive criticism well. And so now it's like, okay, yeah, I do want to be more honest, but... If they're, if I'm going to encourage them to be more honest, I, I have to be a little bit more open to that honesty. I've got to be, okay, yes. Yes, I do want more honest and straightforward friends, but I don't want them to be mean about it and hurt my feelings. Well, what what's going to hurt your feel? You see, I'm just restating, clarifying, uh, uh, encouraging, all in and even a little bit of reflecting that feeling, all coming back in active listening. It, it's just... In those few short sentences, I did several of those key pieces. This is active listening. You've got to be a participant. Listening isn't a passive skill. It isn't a spectator sport. You've got to be in there. The last thing on on active listening that I'm going to point out is probably the most dangerous and one of the ones that is most abused, and that's validating. And I feel like there is so much validation, okay? Now, do we need to validate? You are absolutely 100% correct. We do need to validate. We need to acknowledge the worthiness of that person and the things that they've said. We need to drive in the things that they're saying to us. We need to be excited about them willing to have conversation. And we need to show them that their point of view, their thoughts, their words, have meaning and that they are worthy of us to actively and aggressively listen to. But that doesn't mean, and, and the only way that you're going to do that is dive into all of it. You have to reflect, you have to encourage, you have to summarize, you have to clarify, you have to restate, you have to get the entire piece of the information before you can validate. You can't validate just to shut them up. And that's where we start abusing it is we just want to validate to shut them up. Like we're done. I know the answer. You don't really know the answer, but I know the answer. You told me this, this, and this, and this, whatever you said, whatever it was, but I, I understand it. And so we validate, Hey, I I understand it. I, I hear you and I appreciate what you're telling me and your willingness to fix it but we don't have a clue really what they were saying. We didn't summarize. We didn't clarify. We didn't encourage. We didn't engage. Maybe they came to you and you were in the middle of a project, or maybe you were in the middle of homework. Maybe your parents came to talk to you and you were just, oh, here we go again. They're going to just bitch at me for this, this, and this, and this. And so we just shut down. And so we just start giving them validating answers. Yeah, I'll do better. Yeah, I'm sorry that I didn't, I disappointed you. I'm sorry, I'll listen more. I'll do my homework. I'll eat my vegetables. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't meet my goals. This is what I got to do. We just start validating them or ourselves in order to shut down conversations. So don't validate until you're done actively listening, until you've got everything that you need to make a good, intelligent response and a good understanding of what's going on. Actively listening, meaning you have to use these active listening skills and repeat and make sure that you have good understanding of what they're saying. And so you need to reflect. You need to encourage. You need to use summaries and clarifying. You need to restate. And you need to do these several times throughout the conversation, and then you validate. So you've got to use these key active listening skills. Active listening is so much more and so much of a key thing. And I could go on about listening for literally probably an entire season because it is so underused. I know I talked about it and what's wrong with listening in season one. If you haven't listened to that, please, I'm imploring you. We go through the barriers to effective listening, some keys to effective listening. But if you listen to it and you didn't take anything away, if you didn't use any of it, what an absolute waste of your freaking time. If you're listening to this just to get out of your car, or just to you know get going during the day, or or maybe you're listening to me in the evenings, and, and you're not taking anything away and applying it, what an absolute frigging waste of your time! I am not doing this for a paycheck. I am not doing this so that I can get notoriety or fame. I'm not doing this for for your pleasure or mine. I'm doing this because I want to share some great knowledge and things that you can turn around and do. Uh, My pastor said today in, in, in the service, he said, there's two kinds of wisdom. The ones that you learn are the ones that you listen to. And the ones that you listen to are infinitely sweeter than the ones that you learn, right? The stove is super hot. Don't touch. Now you can go and have peeling skin and third degree burns and go, man, that stove's hot. Or you could listen to those people who told you, don't touch, this is very hot, this will burn you, and it could make serious damage in you. And that's what I'm trying to do. I want to impart some wisdom to you, and what you take from it and how you use it is going to be 100% up to you. But if you're just listening to it, to it, say, man, I was listening to this to this, uh, Matt Larson concert, man, it was just, it just got me pumped up and he plays this music and he gets me just, and he he has all these little cool sayings. It's just super fun and you don't apply any of them. What an absolute freaking waste of your time in season one. What's wrong with listening. I talk about some different stats, 85% of what, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of listener you are. 85% 85% of what you learned, you've learned through listening. Now, some people are like, I'm a note taker. Let me ask you so, If you take notes, if you are a note taker, where do all your notes end up? Do you pull them out? Do you go through them? Do you apply the things that you learned and start going and using those on a daily basis? I can tell you, we are trained Throughout our lives in schools and, and education to take notes so that you can study and you can pass the test. Once you're done with those, you throw them away or you give them away or you put them away. How often are you using them again after that? And so we're trained and almost indoctrinated into that kind of ideas that, you know, you take notes, you, you use them and you move on. But you're, you're beyond school. This isn't something, the only test that you're getting now And some of you may still be in school. Hey, hey, good for you. But remember, those are skills. Those are things you're learning that you need to apply. Because as you hit life, as you're growing in leadership, if you're learning things like listening skills through a podcast and you're not applying them, what an absolute waste of your time. You have so much better things that you could have done for the 40 minutes, 45 minutes that you were listening. If you're gonna learn, get something out of it. So just kind of and again, I was talking about these stats and and what's wrong with listening, eighty-five percent of what you what you learn, you learn through listening. But you're only comprehending humans on average are about twenty-five percent comprehension rate. So you're only comprehending about twenty-five percent of what you're hearing. So if you're listening through a forty-five minute Spiel or schlag that you're listening to from me, you're only gonna really comprehend about 10, 15 minutes of it. So you're only getting 10, 15 minutes of this. And it may be that I wasted it with a story about my three daughter, my daughter or my four daughters and my three rules. And all you want to know is what are the Dadgum three rules? Yeah. Uh, and that is what it is, but that's that's on you. I'm not I can't hold your hand through this. Listening is what's going to make you effective, not just in leadership, not just in life, in personal skills, relationships. You may be a person that hates to put on pants and hates to talk with human beings. That's okay. But you have to have powerful listening skills so that when you do, and you are going to have to interact with human beings, maybe a significant other, maybe just your family Boy, you better make those relationships super count. Like you don't have many relationships. If you make them worthless, then man, you're, that's a struggle. That's a waste. You're only going to comprehend at a 25% comprehension rate. Now, hopefully I engage you guys enough that you, maybe you could comprehend at a better rate here. But if you're not utilizing it, if you're not making impact, if you're not doing something with it, what a waste of your time. Less than 2% of all professionals have had formal education or learning in how to understand and improve their listening skills and techniques. And I threw out a challenge. I was hoping I had some uh, professionals, some therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, education, you know, people that had some training in understanding and improving listening skills. I didn't get anybody. So hopefully we'll get some people who are a little more engaged with us and want to share. Uh, Maybe they weren't listening. I don't know. Well, I'm guessing they weren't listening. Obviously they didn't let me know. So like I said, go back and listen to, uh, to that one. We go through the stats and the barriers and all of that, but we're still talking about active listening, active listening, being that key First piece that is super important. Um, it's also about listening 360 degrees. I am a firm believer in the 360 degrees in everything. We I talked about this in, in a rant, I think, right at the beginning of the season that I went off on. Guys, it is so easy for us to be focused on the straight line from A to B. What we forget is that there are 360 degrees. There's a full surrounding at each of those points of destination. If all you're doing is I'm going on vacation, I'm going to get to X, and then I'm going to go to XYZ while I'm there, and then I'm going to turn around and go back, you are missing a whole plethora of things around you. Why? Because we are so narrow-sighted. 360 degrees means that we have to see everything. It's an awareness factor. And so when we talk about listening 360 degrees, top to bottom, all the way around, that means that one, we've got to listen to everyone around me. I've got to listen to CEOs, to the lowliest employees, shareholders to janitors, We have to understand that as we've heard a million times, we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason so we can listen twice as much as we talk. You've got to understand everybody who is connected has the opportunity to put in, in, in part their feelings, their thoughts or to share. And it's our responsibility to listen. Anybody that has an active part in what is happening with us and our leadership or what we're doing has to have an equal say, and it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everybody's opinion. This is the most frustrating thing for me, especially in today's, um, you know, society is that everybody thinks that their opinion is right. And if your opinion isn't my opinion, then you are absolutely wrong. I don't have to agree with your opinion. I may think you're an absolute friggin' idiot for your opinion, but that doesn't mean that I don't need to. I shouldn't have to respect you enough and love you enough to listen to your opinion and to respectfully disagree with your opinion. I don't have to get into a fistfight over it. I don't have to get into an argument or throw down or get crazy about it. I just need to respectfully disagree with your opinion, but I should listen actively and aggressively to your opinion and be respectful of it. 360 degrees means that I'm not just focused on the straight and narrow line. You know, one of the things that, I mean, I am in small town, not small town. I mean, I'm in the biggest city in my state, but it's. It's literally in the middle of Oklahoma. And so, you know, if I'm listening to news or talk radio or things like that to try and find out what's going on, I get a lot of conservative views. So I have to actively go out and find opposing viewpoints that I can listen to. Now, I'm not going to tell you which I agree and which I disagree with. If you follow me, you probably figured it out, but I have to listen, and I make it a point to listen to all these different viewpoints. I make it a point to make sure that my news feeds on my uh, different medias and, and my news programs that I'm listening to have everything in it because I want to hear all the, com- the different opinions. I want to have a 360-degree understanding of it. We need to have a 360-degree understanding. Stop thinking narrow, focused train of thoughts. Servants believe in actively and aggressively listening, and servants listen top to bottom, 360 degrees all the way around. Lastly, servants listen completely before they decide meaning that I am actively and aggressively listening. I'm using those skills. I'm clarifying. I'm, I'm I'm you know before I'm validating, I'm going through all of these different steps, encouraging and all of these. I'm being active and aggressive in the conversation. Not aggressive like I'm coming at you, but I'm aggressively using my ears in my mind to hear what's going on, not thinking of what I want to say back, not thinking of, well, yeah, of course it's this because you're an idiot. Uh, I'm not I don't need to make those decisions. What I need to do is actively use my mind to listen by using these key pieces. Did I encourage? No, okay, I need to do some encouraging. get some more of this. did Did I clarify? No, I need to give some clarification. That's actively listening. I'm not, I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm engaging. I'm encouraging. I'm clarifying. I'm, I'm, you know, mirroring or reflecting and then I'm validating. And then I'm making sure it's 360. I'm getting all the different perspectives, all the different angles. And then I'm going to decide at that point before Anything before I propose changes, before I hear, you know, before I I propose a solution, uh, or before I say this is what I need to do or this is what we want to do, I need to listen completely. One of my mentoring programs that I do, I mentor about four to six people, uh, usually over a 90 to 180 day block. But my first few sessions with them is just conversations and discussions. Then I start giving them a little bit of, uh, Hey, let's focus on this. And if you've gone through things like cognitive behavior therapy or any kind of therapy, it's generally a lot of conversations at the beginning, finding out more it's because they have these listening skills. And you can learn and use these listening skills. We just choose to not because I don't have enough time for that crap. We got to make a decision. Do you need to make a decision that's terrible or do you need to make the best possible decision? That's what you've got to decide. Am I going to make a decision that I have to go back and fix later? Because you're taking two, three, four times as long. When you make a mistake at your job or at your career or in your studies or whatever you're doing, if you make a mistake, does it take you longer to fix it and do you get less out of it? Yes. That's what listening half crap does. It stops you from being able to make the best possible decision to make the best possible solutions to make the best possible mentoring or coaching or assisting of your friend possible because we've already decided before we quit listening. We quit listening and made a decision or proposed solution, or we just knew what the answer was before we even got to it. Now, if it's a simple, straightforward question, you know, how do you do this? No, I'm not saying that you've got to go into that. Uh, I'm teaching somebody how to do something that is tangible and focused and it's a step-by-step process. Do I need to clarify? Do I need to encourage? No, we're not talking about life stories then, okay? I don't I don't need people who are going to be sarcastic. You're in the wrong you're in the wrong web or the wrong podcast for that. What I need you to understand is is that when we're talking to those that we serve, We need to listen actively and aggressively. We need to listen 360 degree, get the whole story. And then, and then once we've gotten the whole story, we've actively and aggressively listened. We've listened to every aspect of it. All sides, top to bottom, everybody involved, everybody that's connected in it. Then we decide the solution or we propose solutions or we start looking for ways that we can make impact at that point. Well, the problem is, is that we've already figured out what the solution is before we go in to listen, right? If you have somebody who is doing this, this one, they, they, they keep doing this to you. Maybe they keep saying things that are are rude or hurtful to others about you. And you know that they did. And then you go into have a conversation with them and your whole thought process is what they've done and what you're going to do to fix it. It's not about listening. It isn't you're done. If you and your significant other keep having an argument about X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z happens again, you go into it ready to have an argument of why they're wrong and what they're going to do, what needs to happen to fix it or what's going to happen if they don't. It's not about listening. You're going in with judgment and decisions long before the conversation even starts instead of listening. Actively and aggressively listening all the way around to everything involved, all about it, everything that 360 degrees and then making that conscious decision of what our proposal or what the next steps could be or what we need to do to fix it. We don't want to actively listen. Let's just be honest. You don't want to. It's too much work and I have to practice at it. Oh, we want to be lazy and and just stop instead of actively actively and aggressively listen so i'm going to tell you this like i said i could go i could go this is two episodes now that has have had a main focus of listening and i could probably like i said do several more listening is The most underutilized because we think we're powerful. We think, and we are, we are powerful. Okay, let me rephrase. We think we're good at listening. We also think we're good at multitasking. You're not. Like 2% of the world is good at multitasking and you ain't in it. You aren't part of the 2%. But when you're listening, if you're not actively and aggressively listening, meaning if you've got your computer up, if you've got your phone in front of you, if you've got other things on your brain, you're not actively and aggressively listening. If you've already had a preconceived decision before you go into it, then you're not actively and aggressively listening. I love going to or listening to all sorts of different sides to all sorts of different things that i I may have a personal interest in one direction or another, as far as you know, maybe political or social or economics things, and, and I may have a leaning towards one. But man, I'm excited when I get an opportunity to listen to somebody else give me a full and thorough understanding of, of theirs. And, and many times it's a challenge just because they're used to people just having very argumentative cases with them. And they, they feel like you're just being argumentative when you're asking those encouraging and engaging and reflective questions and trying to engage in that conversation. And so you have to actively work. I mean, you have to work and we don't want to do that work one because it's not, I don't agree with that anyway. I don't care. Grow up. It's time to be active in servant leadership. And that starts with active and aggressive listening. 360 degrees, top to bottom. And then you make a conscious decision or proposal for change, or you start focusing on the next steps. So, a couple of things that got to me from from some listeners. One of them, I had a listener from Hong Kong. Oh, that's cool, Hong Kong. Um, That is actually in the U.S., but they're from Hong Kong, and they they sent me. How do you deal with a bad day? Like, how do you deal with it when you're in a bad mood? And that's hard because, as a leader, I know I've talked about it in in last season. We talked about, uh, you know. I hate the term fake until you make it, but, man, if you come in and you're in a maybe a focused mood, maybe a, maybe you're in a bad mood, maybe you had uh, a rough morning, maybe you got pulled over, you, you dumped coffee all over your your, your clothes, uh, maybe, you know, some idiot tailgated you or bumped into you, maybe some road rage was going on, maybe you and your significant other or you and uh, a friend got into an argument or a fight the night before, or maybe, you know, Hopefully not, but maybe you had some some family trauma that happened. How do you deal with a bad day? Well, if I go in in a bad day, then I'm automatically setting a tone for my employees, for those who I serve. And so I have to actively understand the tone that I'm setting, and I have to work to overcome that tone. Meaning that because... I may have had these things happening to me. I don't need to put those things onto them. I don't need to project. And as leaders, we project. It's just automatic. Our role, our our authority, or maybe our previous actions that have placed us into a leadership role creates an automatic projection of us onto others. And so even if you go into... Uh, just in a focus, I got a lot of things I need to get done, this, 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 and this, or this is going on, I need to do X, Y, Z. And so you go in in a real intense focus, Uh, man, tell me your employees don't look like they're ready to run away and hide because they think you're in a bad mood. On the other hand, if you have an employee that comes in and they control the tone for your branch, then a good question you need to ask yourself is, am I really projecting Because only when we are in that true leadership role, not the authority, not the, not the title, but when we are in a true leadership role, are we projecting the tone. And there are some people out there that they want to take over and they want to project whatever tone. If you're way, if you're at work and you're, the, and you're the servant leader and you believe I am a good leader, but a, you and every one of your employees are looking at this one employee when they come in and you're like, are they in a bad mood? I don't know. They haven't said anything to me yet. And your employees are just waiting to see if the other shoe's going to drop and everybody's terrified of this one employee. They're the ones setting the tone. They're the ones projecting the tone. Like it or hate it. And so you've really got to really understand is, you know, am I projecting the tone in the right way or am I at all? I know that I project tone because I have had to, I've seen and I've had employees tell me and those that I've served tell me that when I come in focused and intent, man, they feel like I'm in a bad mood and they just stay out of my way. And that's not at all what I want. I want to encourage them to be able to communicate so that I can actively and aggressively listen. So when I'm having a bad day, I have to make the conscious effort to project to them positivity, encouragement, engagement, Now, I may go out and just say, greet everybody and do some high fives, which Matt Rowe loves to do. Not not quite my thing, but, uh, you know, talk with people for a little while, engage with them. Then I may go in my office and close the door and just, you know, be a grumpy, sour, crusty old dude for a while and, and then put that smile back on and go out. I hate the term fake it till you make it, but you need to project the positivity. I had a, a manager that I think I talked about with this one last last season as well. Um, every time the employees would do a negative or uh, would criticize anything, they would automatically counter with a positive because they wanted to project the right feelings for them. And so you've just got to be able to understand if you're having a bad day, if you're in a bad mood as a leader Regardless of if you're in that leadership role by, um, you know, promotion and from the position or from the title, from the authority, whatever the case may be, why ever you're in that position, it may be because all of the people look up to you. Maybe you've been there for a while. Do you really need the title just to be a leader? No. And there are many who have the title that aren't leaders. Are you the one that projects the tone to your team? That's a great way to really determine whether or not you're the leader. And if you and everyone around you at work is looking at that one person to see if they're in a good mood or a bad mood, they're the ones projecting the tone. You need to counter that as the leader. You need to be the projector of the tone. And my three rules one, You got to be today, my daughter for me to approve. I told my daughters they have to be a man, meaning they don't need to be little boys. They need to be, um, adults. They need to be grown. They need to take a responsibility. They need to be, uh, kind and understanding. They need to be strong. Uh, my son, his, his wife, she is absolutely a strong, independent individual, with their own ideals and their own, you know, she she's super strong woman. She's very very powerful. She had very conscious strong decisions. She wasn't a little girl. No issue. Love it. Secondly, if they're fake for your family, then they'll never be real for you. So they have to be real. They can't be fake. And third, they got to be able to defend you in the zombie apocalypse. Like if the zombie apocalypse happened, I've got to trust that the person dating one of my children is going to be able to protect and care for them no matter how outlandish the situation is. If I I told my daughter I said, think of it like this. If you were out with with this guy in the middle of, you know, Oklahoma city and and doing whatever with your friends and the zombie apocalypse happens, I don't need to load up all the rest of the family to come rescue you. I need to know that that person can get you to me and that we can all that. I have people I can rely on to protect as well as me. So that was it. I don't really care about the rest. Everything else is growing. So those, those are my three rules for you guys. All right. Don't forget, come in next time. We are going to be talking about empathy. Um, If you guys are listening to this real-time, happy Valentine's Day. I hope that if you're in a relationship that is full of love, listening, and understanding. Remember, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love takes active listening and understanding. So I hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. If you are solo, don't worry about it. You are amazing. Some of the greatest artists in history went solo. There's nothing wrong with being solo. Focus on loving yourself first and foremost. So get yourself something very nice for your Valentine's. You are the greatest Valentine's that you could ever give yourself. And I will look forward to talking to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.